Welcome to Game of Thrones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, back in the nation's capital. Hello, Scott. Sean, I'm I'm uh, glad I didn't stay. <laughs> yeah, not uh, not the most inspiring of finals to the Briar this evening. Uh, so I think he probably made the correct decision. Yeah, I think uh, I think so. It's uh, you know, in a lot of ways, I was rooting for. A great finish down to the end, but uh, this way, you know, I'm able to ease a bit more into my nighttime routine. Yeah. Uh, not so worked up, and no. uh, and yeah, we've we've got a a Briar champion. We we have a Briar champion. Before we get into that, Scott, I think the pressing question that everybody wants to know is, of course, Sunday is the traditional media game at these events scott were you invited to participate in the 2020 tim hortons briar media game this morning sean i found out about the media game from our mom who (laughs) texted me and said are you playing in the media game oh oh that is stone cold rough but uh no i talked to uh, Lori and mary today and Lori was able to make it to the game, so uh, she represented the podcast segment. Okay. <laughs> well, she was one of the skips in the game, so I just assumed she was one of the organizers. Oh, no, I don't think so. Uh, they both did say it wasn't very well advertised to the point where they weren't sure it was still on. Oh. But uh, Lori decided she would show up anyway and see. Okay, interesting. So they, they had eight people there. Uh, the team skipped by Lori won, won the game, and fun was had by all. Allegedly. We don't know because you weren't invited. Well, I, I think, yeah, you're right. I wasn't invited. <laughs> <laughs> next time. Yes, next time. Uh, so uh, it's too bad. I, I know you couldn't have played anyway, but it would have been nice to be asked, right? <laughs> uh, it's always a pleasure to be nominated or an honor to be nominated right <laughs> yeah exactly so uh so that that happened this morning but with the time change you know it would have been tough oh boy i had a nice relaxing morning you know uh got some food got some coffee yeah uh packed up my gear sort of eased into it Good and stuff. uh made my way over to the arena for the semifinals. Yeah, so let's talk about the semifinal before we get into the uh, the final this afternoon. Saskatchewan against Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, Matt Dunstone, of course, losing the 1-2 game to Brendan Bocciu yesterday. And Brad Gushu getting through Northern Ontario in the 3-4 game last night. I, I felt, Scott, that this game was... I mean, it was more interesting than what we got in the final, for sure. But I also felt... Uh, or I never really felt like Saskatchewan was going to win at any point. Mm-hmm. But but I don't know. How did it feel in the building? Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty accurate description of how it felt in the building, you know. Uh, when Gushu got his three in the first end, or the second end, rather, mm-hmm. uh, to, to take the lead after forcing Dunstone to a single, it sort of seemed like an inevitability that they would win. Right. Uh, like, you're, oh, you're not going to come back from that. No, like, credit to Saskatchewan, they... They crawled back, and in the fifth, it looked like they were going to tie. 
until Brad Gushu made a, a ridiculous shot that made the blank available. He had to play like a slash double or uh, uh, like these are things that you're like, what? How do you... <laughs> really? Yeah. Man. And uh, so because it looked like they were going to get their deuce back. And uh, so, you know, they got they had to go with the blank there and then you got the break. You know, the fifth end break. The ice is a little bit different in the sixth, as always. Uh, he's not able to capitalize and only gets his one. I think that was the real turning point of the game there because if Saskatchewan's able to tie it up, uh, then I, I feel like there's no momentum at that point, right? It's sort of been back and forth and back and forth, and and neither team would have grabbed onto anything. But that big shot by Gushu in the fifth really got the crowd fired up, and uh, you felt like from there there was no stopping him. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You, you mentioned that three and two. What was crazy about that as well is the rock that he was hitting, like that Matt Dunstone draws, they didn't put it exactly where they wanted, but it was fully buried behind a yeah. rock in the 12-foot. Yeah. And, uh, and and Gushu comes down with like just a little more than backline weight and pushes it through. And that's the sort of shot that Brad Gushu... You, you know, if you you don't want to leave Matt Dunstone like a big high like uh, like a high heater, that you know he can make eight stones move. You don't want to leave him that. You don't want to leave Brad Gushu like a little hack weight something because mm-hmm. he's going to make it. That shot was very very impressive to me. And yeah, then then that force in the sixth, so that Gushu is up one playing seven with the hammer. They get the blank there. They get forced in eight. And then Scott, the ninth end was very interesting because it was set up to blank. It was, mm-hmm. you know, after a, a, lot, a couple doubles and, and everything, there's one Matt Dunstone rock when Gushu goes to throw his last and there's nothing else in play. And Gushu opts to play a little tap on it when he could have just hit it out, gone with the blank, been up to without the hammer. But essentially they elect to give Matt Dunstone two there. And they want the hammer coming home in a tie game. What was the sense in the building of what was going on? I, I could imagine that there was some confusion from a lot of the folks in the crowd there. Yeah, there was there was definite confusion. There was some confusion. Um, I was sitting with some of the volunteers, and they were thinking, "What the heck are they talking about? Why? Like, what is the question here?" And I sort of thought they might. Um, they might like draw wide side to say, okay, like you're going to take two, but I, I like the call they ended up with a little more, right? If they're a little bit light and they freeze, uh, it's going to be a tough two that way. And I, the ideal in that situation is to get a mistake and force them. Yes. So uh, the, the shot that they played, I, I really liked. And, you know, looking at, the statistics, if you're tied with Hammer, you're going to win 75% of the time. Yep, something like that. And then up two without, uh, let me see here, with one end remaining. I believe it's about the same. It's, uh, looking here, it's like almost 90%. Okay. So if you're you're up two points, uh, yeah, it's like a 90%. So... In that situation, Gushu, what I think he felt was he thought he would take his chance to be one up with Hammer, uh, and have the ninety percent chance on a one up with Hammer based on these analytics I'm looking at, and 
if he t- if he was tied with the hammer, so be it. But at least he would have the hammer in the last end. And I can't really disagree with that. No, that was the discussion for sure. And something that they were very comfortable with. And after the game, both he and Gallant talked about that. That given what Matt Dunstone has done this week, they did not want to give him any chance with the last one in the game. They thought if Brad had the last shot in the game, they were going to win. And, you know, it's it's a risky strategy for sure, but Brad also sh- said after the game that they've had a couple dicey 10th ends this week where the other team has had the hammer, and even if when they've been up two, that they've had shots available to the other team for three, and they didn't want to leave anything for Dunstone for that to happen. And, and you know, we saw it even a little bit last night in the ninth end, I believe it was, where he had to play a, a hit and roll to get out of a lot of trouble against Northern Ontario. So we've mm-hmm. seen them open the door to other teams in these situations where you think you just keep it open, you keep it clean. You know, the teams have had opportunities against them. So uh, a risky play, I think, but the way they did it was, I agree, it was really smart. You know, because if he free, just dead freezes, Dunstone can easily blast everything out for a blank there. By having right. separation between the rocks, you make it harder if Matt Dunstone wants to blank it. And yep. at the same time, you tempt him into getting the deuce. Because if I'm Matt Dunstone, I'm well, I'm down two. It's pretty tempting to take the two. Sure, sure. Uh, they they clearly wanted to to blank, but yes. to me, sure, like maybe you can set something up to get your three and ten, right? But in all likelihood, you're what you're going to be hoping for is a chance to score two and ten. And then steal in the extra anyway. So, so I guess like yeah, you take your risk that maybe you won't be able to get the three in the next end. But at the same point, it's kind of like to me six of one, whatever. You get your two here. It's like you're playing an extra end anyway. Right. I think the real risk is stuffing something on a blank attempt when there was that much separation between the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. So, like a really smart call by uh, by Team Newfoundland. Yeah, so in the in the tenth end, played the way you would expect it. Lots of peels, pretty wide open, and then Brad Gushu has a draw, full eight foot. Prefer to touch the four to win. I I gotta say the crowd, Scott, treated this one very casually. They uh, were cheering halfway down the ice like he had made it, and <laughs> yeah. Braden Miscawi comes out and you know got it to the back eight foot. It, it was heavy, but the crowd. Honestly, he probably could have put it in the hack and the crowd would have walked out thinking Gushu had won, I think. <laughs> you might be right, Sean. I, I was uh I was I had typed out the tweet already. <laughs> uh I was just, you know, hovering to push send there. Uh yeah, it was a little dicey. But uh yeah, you know, you never expect Brad Gushu to miss those kinds of shots. You do not. And he and, didn't. And, well, to speak to what you were saying just before about the not wanting to give Dunstone the hammer, that's what happened to them in the last game of the championship round. Dunstone got two with hammer yep. when he was down one and and beat them. So like a lot of a lot of credit for thinking that uh you know, and thinking their way through to be able to have Brad throw the last rock. Yeah, so uh really well played there. Uh they get the win. Newfoundland Labrador seven six is the final. And a visibly emotional Matt Dunstone 
you could see it on the broadcast as he went down to get his stuff. Uh, I watched the scrum that Curling Canada put up as well. You know, the you know he he was visibly emotional. You know, on on TV at the end of the game, uh, and there were tears. Like he was he was yeah. crying in the post game. Uh, we saw that in North Bay. Obviously, a different emotion prompting the the reaction to that. But there, you know, Matt Dunstone. Nobody could ever accuse this guy of not caring about curling and wanting to do well. He he loves the sport. He's very invested in it. And you know, I, I say this all the time, Scott, to my students when we you know, go to cemeteries and stuff as part of the programs I do. There's no right way or there's no wrong way to respond in these situations, you know, where people have different emotional reactions and however you react is correct. And that's that's totally fine. So if somebody mm-hmm. doesn't have the same emotional response to a loss, like that's okay for them. Uh, the same way it's okay for Matt Dunstone to have the, uh, a very emotional response to it. And it's... It, it's... I, I don't want to say it's nice to see because you, you hate that someone is, you know, having that sort of going through that very tough, difficult situation for them. But at the same time, you know, Gushu said during his scrum, like Dunstone will win one at some point mm-hmm. when they get to that point where they win. Uh, it, it just makes it that much sweeter. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We talked at the beginning of the week about, how many teams have a chance to win this? And I rattled off whatever five teams right away. And you said, I think Matt Dunstone, you can add him to that, to that class. And I sort of poo pooed it, you know, but I was wrong. Uh, They clearly showed this week that they've got what it takes and what it's going to come down to is, is the consistency that Brad Jake or Brad Gushu talked about, right? Like, just consistency at that position. We talked about that last night. That's uh, that's going to come with playing more and and practicing hard. And they've got the will to do it. So the will to do it plus the talent, you got to think it's coming sometime. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the thing with consistency, that is what we've sort of seen from this team that is missing right now, that they've went out, they won the event in North Bay and then they missed the playoffs and they, they didn't win a game at the Canada cup. So yeah. for them to get to the level that they, they need to be at to win these. And, you know, as we look forward to December of 2021 to be a threat going into those Olympic trials, just a little more consistent across the board. You want to be a team where you go into a grand slam. We can just, we can just pencil you in to the playoffs Mm -hmm. before it starts, which I know is very difficult. Those fields are tough, but you know, there, there are certain teams that we can do that. And that's the level that they want to get to. And I think that's the level that they can get to. And you're, you're absolutely right with, with Matt Dunstone, there doesn't appear to be anything that will get in his way. Right. Certainly there won't, you know, I remember Jeff Stoughton once said something like, you know, I'll play until at lunchtime when Steve Gold comes to pick me up until I'm like, and I don't really want to. I I don't know Matt Dunstone. You know, I've interacted with him maybe once or twice. I, but just in just seeing him, I can't imagine a point ever in his life where, you know, he gets the call to go practice and he's like, no. 
Right? Like he, he really just seems like a, whatever the curling equivalent of a gym rat is. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll have to ban curling with those uh, duct taped up uh, apparatuses, <laughs> apparatus before before he says no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like what? Really? <laughs> Still? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is strange. Between him and Mike McEwen, is there like one piece of straw in either of those brooms? Uh, good question. Yeah. And and like you can add BJ Newfeld into that. Yeah. As well. Uh, yeah. Super super prairies, right? Yes. So super, super uh, so you know, great great job, great week for Team Saskatchewan, Matt Dunson. I think Kirk Myers is probably the biggest loser of this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> their their job seemingly got tougher. Uh, for next year after this week. Uh, but... I think so, yeah. Just, uh, just while you're coughing there, Sean. Uh, yeah, thank you. A tough week or a tough game for Braden Muscawi today. He, uh, You mentioned Matt Dunstone's emotional reaction. After the game, I was sort of hanging around uh, looking at the sheet, and I saw him go over uh, to where his family was. He sort of hopped over the boards, got like a big hug from uh, what I think was his mom. And he looked like he had tears in his eyes too, and it was just a, a a tough scene to watch because he's got the same love of the game that Matt has, and like Matt played really well today, Braden was just a bit off on most of his shots. You could see even I tweeted about when uh, Gushu swept some of his hits through that uh, you know they rolled too far. And the crowd was cheering for Brad Gushu sweeping, but Braden Muscawi was sort of like, come on, really? Right, yeah. It's like, it's like you're cheering my miss? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a tough game for him, but uh, the two of those guys together, like, yeah, who knows what they'll be able to do. Yes, uh, yeah, and, and Braden Muscawi was the low man in the game today at 75%, and just the eye test certainly did struggle, uh, especially in the second half of that game with his draw weight. So... Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of those things where just experience. I, I know they've each of them have won national championships at the junior level as skips, but, you know, this is a different, it's just different at the yep. prior. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so Newfoundland and Labrador gets through that game. Then they get Alberta in the final, uh, rested Brendan Botcher team. Apparently, Darren Molding spent the day going for a walk and uh, helping the ice crew, <laughs> which I don't, makes me happy. Uh, yeah. they, they needed help lifting a bunch of stuff, so he was just back there lifting stuff with the ice guys. Well, you know, he's, I, uh, he's a helpful guy. He is. Ice maker's going to ice maker. So uh, yeah. this, th- this game, Scott, I, I don't know. Like It it doesn't like put a damper on the whole week, but, you know, I... I we were texting back and forth, uh, and I texted you I, something along the lines of, I just hope that this game is befitting of the, the overall quality that we've seen all week. And it just wasn't. No. Brandon Botcher was off in this game. You know, they give up a steal in the first, get forced, barely even scoring in the second, facing four. And then give up a three, and, and really, Scott, I, I don't know. After the third end, I kind of felt like the game was over. I yeah, it was a bit similar to what we saw in the early game, right? When uh, Newfoundland's able to get a three, 
and you think, how are these guys going to come back? Like the way that that Gushu and company are playing is, they're they're playing so well. Yeah. Like like you're just not going to get an opportunity to get a three back off of them. And and was it, you know, a two game layoff for Team Alberta that meant they weren't into it? Did the ice? change a little bit and, and it was something Gushu had an advantage of because he'd played two straight games on that sheet uh, I don't know uh, what, was it just you know uh, just didn't have it today maybe yeah. right I, I so, think I, I really think it's the latter that they, they just didn't have it uh, you know in the third end they had a chance to put pressure on Gushu and Botcher misses a draw and it's a, a double mm-hmm. for for the three and you saw it in the first end too, where he crashes and and then he misses and or so he crashes and then is wide. He's wide yeah. on a blank attempt, and it, it just it wasn't a sharp Brandon Botcher team. We got a glimpse, I think, yesterday where they weren't quite as sharp in that one-two game as what we'd seen all week either, and then it it got worse tonight. Yeah, and you wonder. I mean, you know, they can obviously pick the rocks at this point in the competition. And they seemed, I think they, I heard Brendan say, I think that one, that second one, or first one maybe curls more than the second one. And, like, that's not something you should be questioning no. in the final of, of a Briar, right? So, yeah, just, I, I, I really think that switching that 1-2 with that 3-4 game yesterday was disadvantageous for them. It, it's a really long time to sit around. That's for sure. Yeah, sorry, I'm drinking water. But that's at okay. the same time, uh, at the same time, like then you say, oh well, Gushu's got to play night, afternoon, night. Yeah, and that's a lot to play. So who knows? Uh, and and like the rest of the team wasn't bad uh, ahead. Darren Molding struggled a little bit in the first half of the game. Uh, I picked it up in the second half for sure. Uh, Carrick Martin looked uh, hurt to me. He he wasn't his brush strokes when he was sweeping were not very long. No, and and uh, there was a lot of times when Brad was sort of repositioning his body to try and make the, make it curl from the other side of the yeah uh, of the ice. So like it just seemed to me like there's maybe something wrong that he that he hurt at some point and wasn't hundred percent. Maybe something like we saw with Jeff Walker a couple of years ago. Yeah, maybe. So, you know, tough, uh, tough there when if, if one of your sweepers isn't at a hundred percent, it can really change, change the outcome of a game. Yeah. And he was certainly louder today than he's been all week. You know, he, he has a tendency to have this like ongoing groan sometimes. On... <clears throat> Yeah, on the end-to-end sweeps, today was louder. So right. that that would lead me to believe that, yeah, something may not have felt great with Carrick Martin. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pure speculation on our part, but eh, that's why, what we why not? Yeah, yeah uh, uh, that all of that said, you know, for as as bad, quote-unquote bad, as, as the Botcher team was today, Brad Gushu shot 97%. Uh, he didn't miss anything. Yeah, no one. I, I don't think anyone was beating Brad Gushu tonight. They they were so good, and I gotta say, you know, we we talk about Mark Kennedy a lot, and rightfully so. Mark Kennedy is great, 
Mark Nichols, when he is on, is, oh my God, it, it's, it's, the, the, the game wasn't great. Like, let's not sort of say that it was great. Uh, but from a pure shot-making standpoint, Mark Nichols is unbelievable. And it's almost unfair. Yes, Darren Molding struggled, especially in the first half of the game. But you have Mark Nichols over there making everything. Uh, you know, just he's, he's making doubles for fun. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, really, it's really quite something. And, you know, when Mark Nichols is doing that and then Brad Gushu is doing what Brad Gushu is doing, I don't, I don't know if anybody could beat them. Or at the very least, I would like to see somebody else whose back end is also making everything try because mm-hmm. that would be an absolute doozy. But you know, if you're you know eighty five percent going up against what those two guys were doing tonight, you're gonna lose every time. Yeah, and it's it's also disheartening, right? For <laughs> yeah, the team that's trying to make a comeback, and they're like. They're seeing Mark Nichols make these doubles and going like, "What? The, where are we supposed to put our rocks?" Like, yeah. Uh, in the eighth end, damn. they were in the eighth end. They were set up pretty good, and then Mark Nichols throws, and then Gushu throws his first, and then he's facing. And Brenton Bosch facing... was looking at maybe scoring three to facing two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And trying a crazy run double that Russ certainly didn't think was there to try and get a, a two and, and gives up a steal. And, and then the game was really over, but it, it's, it, it is like, it, it has to just take it out of you for all night to slowly start to try and get some momentum. And then just like that, Nichols or Gushu is making these shots. It's really, that has to be so hard for a team. Yeah, Sean. Um, so Megan texted me today during that shot or right after that shot that uh, um, was attempted in the eighth for the two. And she said, why? And I said, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't like the draw. And Sean has told me to let the skip throw what they like. <laughs> to yeah. which she replied, unless that thing is truly in truly insane, true insanity. And I said, I'll remember that for tomorrow. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, like, the, but, but the thing with that shot is at that point of the game, uh, why not? Right. It's it, and if the skip likes it, yeah. Then, and why not? Like, okay, try. Yeah. I mean, you you throw draw, you're probably gonna lose the game. You throw that and you miss it, you're probably gonna lose the game. So what the hell's the difference? Like, give well, it, give yeah, it, it reminded it reminded me a bit though of Rachel Holman's decision in the ninth end of the Scotty's final, where she had a, a like pretty impossible shot to maybe get three versus a, a certain shot to get two and the, the certain shot would put her two down uh, with one end to go. But like Emma Miski said, well, I don't think we're going to win if we're two down, but then she stole two points. So you never know what's going to happen. Maybe if you get your one there, instead of giving the steal, you, you can, I don't know, steal, steal, steal the next I mean, three ends. I mean, or... maybe, but, but even at that, like the, the, draw wasn't a sure thing especially the way he was throwing yeah, uh, yeah and they had to go pretty wide out to make it i mean it's not like the draw was a gimme no no for sure and and like you said it, either you're gonna lose it there or you're gonna lose it in two ends so who cares yeah so give it a go try a fun one yeah so uh with that scott gushu does have to throw his last in the 10th yeah almost made a double on his first uh 
just barely bites. And then, uh, you know, I, I said it on Twitter that someone was like, oh, you might not have to throw it all. I think he he threw, he, he called Mark Nichols a shot so that he could throw. Right? He, he definitely uh, wanted to end it himself, it seemed mm-hmm. like. Yeah, he didn't want Mark to make the double and get all the glory. No, no. So uh, so Brad Gushu uh, makes it on his last, scores one. 7-3 is the final. Scott, third time in four years for Brad Gushu after years and years and years of them not, or of him, not winning a briar. You know, he won that gold medal in 2006 at the Olympic Games, and for over a decade, he, he continued to say that he was the only player in the country who would rather win a briar than an Olympic gold medal because mm-hmm. he already had the gold medal. But, <laughs> you know, he was he, he, he wanted it so bad, got it in St. John's back in 2017 in uh, just a super memorable final, and then got the repeat uh, the year after. Now in 2020, three times in four years, and, and I think, Scott, that for Brad Gushu, I don't know if this will be his last cycle as a, as a competitive curler, but certainly uh, there's no questions anymore about whether or not he deserves to be up there with the Cooies of the world, the Martins, the Howards, right? Uh, the Stoutons. Oh, you know, he is, you know, th- there were questions for a while. Um, now yeah, there's that's not. Fair. No, yeah. now there's not. I think as soon as he won his first, uh, and then got the world championship on top of it. Uh, no questions, no questions there. So, so the I, I just winner... wonder if there's. No, oh, go ahead. I wonder if there's another street in St. John's they can name after. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they'll just maybe they'll just be St. Brad's at some point. Hey, there you go. I like that. Sure. <laughs> um, so the the of course the other big winner tonight is the entirety of the Newfoundland and Labrador men's competitive curling field, who uh, mm-hmm. now that's uh, wide open again. Uh, yeah. Greg Smith even t- was tweeting about it during the game, <laughs> that uh, as a competitive <laughs> men's curler in Newfoundland, Gokushu, uh, sure. opens up a spot. Yeah, and uh, we'll see how many teams they get in the playdowns there this year. They had, a, they had quite a few still this year. Yeah, uh, with with Gushu competing, but uh, yeah, always fun to get a new face off the rock for Briar Week. Absolutely, and uh, let's turn our attention now, Scott. Brendan Botcher, Team Alberta, third straight loss in a Briar final. Two of those to Brad Gushu, of course, last year to Kevin Cooey. I, I would say last year's game for them would still have to be the toughest one because Cooey made an incredible shot to win it mm-hmm. uh, on the last one. This one was pretty thorough in terms of, of a defeat. They were full fair for this one. But I, I don't know if, just given the way the week went, they were the best team all week. You know, they only lost once up until tonight. And they 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 didn't... They, the, the stat that TSN put up that... Until tonight, they had not lo- they had not trailed by two or more all week, is mm-hmm. incredible, and I kind of didn't believe it, but because like that's insane that that's possible. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know like in terms of the individual game, the one last year, this is just a gut, just a gut punch at the end, but 
this one, given how well they played all week, how in control they were all week, I think this one, and it's the third one, there's got to be sort of some sort of compounding interest on it, that this one will, will sting for a while. Yeah, I, I think so. And like you say, there were, there were two games clear of the rest of the field, but it was quiet. It was a quiet 10-1, and one, if that's possible. Given all the noise around, you know, oh, Dunstone with the run back, Gunner with the run back for the win, uh, Brad Jacobs making shots uh, with his back against the wall. It, it seemed like they were never the story of the Briar this year. No, nope, that's right. And uh, so, so, yeah, they were the best team during the week record-wise. But it was a it was a very sort of unassuming workman like uh, effort they put in. It was sort of yeah we expect to be that like it's good we're we're pretty good at curling and that's that. So yeah it doesn't as a story to me them losing this game doesn't feel as big a deal as last year's did where they were sort of the upstart and. Like you say, Kui made a, a crazy shot to win. Uh, so to me, yeah, that last year would sting more. And I I don't know why I don't think this one would, but yeah, uh, sometimes I, yeah. it's easier if it's a blowout to sort of say, oh well, we didn't have it. we didn't have not a chance. our game. Yeah, we didn't yeah. have a chance. So yeah, you you're right. So I I it's it's tough for them, I'm sure, but making three finals in a row is really good. Like, so in the clear light of day, obviously you want to win one, obviously. Obviously you probably want to win all three of them. But to get to three in a row is, especially in Alberta, I know one of them was as the wildcard team, but to be in three Briars in a row out of Alberta, even if they had the benefit of Cooey being Team Canada this year, you know they mm-hmm. still had to come through and you know win two Alberta championships, which is something on its own. You know they had to win the wild card game last year, and then to get to to just to get to those points is incredibly difficult and impressive. Then to get through these fields, to get through the playoffs, to be in three finals, it's super impressive and. You know, the the question is, is it Buffalo, early 90s Buffalo Bills-esque, where the Bills get to four straight Super Bowls and, and lose them all? You know, I'm still impressed by the fact that you get there. You know, it's, it's you, you can't lose them unless you're there. And yeah. getting there is really hard. And, you know, there, there are 16, 7, 15 other teams this week, if you include uh, Glenn Howard's team. Who would gladly take the second place prize uh, uh, and lose the final compared to the way their week ended up? Yeah, probably. And like you say, those those Bills teams were great, no matter the, that they lost four in a row. And we were talking about before this, and you said, no, no, they're not the Bills yet. They need to lose one more. Yeah, next year. So, yeah, there's always next year, right? And. <laughs> Uh, you know, as opposed to a team sport like like football, where you've got a huge roster, you've got salary caps, stuff like that. That you don't have those th- 
things in curling. So these guys can stay together as long as they want and keep trying. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And and I they certainly will to the end of the cycle. We'll see what happens next year. You know, based on points and all that, you know, Cooey didn't play a lot this year. Uh, Botcher's team, I don't think they were in, I think they were like fourth or fifth on the CTRS. Um, so, you know, if you're looking at next year, do either of those teams start to play a little bit more with the hopes of, you know, if you lose Alberta, make sure that you get a spot in the wild card game. I, I would doubt that anyone would set their schedule based on that. But Alberta next year, Carson Sturme probably was cheering pretty hard for uh, Brendan Botcher tonight, as was Ted mm -hmm. Appleman, I'm sure. So, yeah. uh, you know, Alberta, uh, it's always a slog, but it's going to be another one next year. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, I don't know, Scotty. Anything else uh, from the Briar? Any other big takeaways for you that we haven't talked about? Mm, it was, I, I think, for my first Briar being there for the full week, it was an amazing show put on by the city of Kingston. Uh, big, big thanks. I tweeted this earlier, but big thanks to all the volunteers. Uh, I've been a volunteer a few times, and it's uh, a super important role in these events. Like, without volunteers, these aren't happening. Uh, so big thanks to all the volunteers I saw. Uh, it was pretty fun to meet some of the other uh, people on the media bench, some of the fans out there, uh, some of the players even for giving us uh, even just a couple minutes of their time was pretty pretty special, pretty cool. And uh, I'm I'm already looking forward to the next one, Sean. Yeah, uh, we'll see yeah. what the next one is. Yeah, we don't know yet, but uh, we'll see. We'll get to something at some point. Yeah. Maybe, will there be an announcement soon for something, you think? I do. I do think there will be an announcement soon for something, which we will wait until that announcement is made, lest we uh, potentially are wrong. But uh, I feel confident about uh, an announcement in the near future that uh, will benefit us. Cool, cool. And, uh, yeah, good luck to everybody in Prince George next week. Uh, I guess we got to get together and talk about that one. Yeah, so uh, that'll be our next episode, talking about the Women's World Championship out there in Prince George, British Columbia. Scott, I have an announcement. We are not going to be doing daily coverage of either World Championships. Yeah, no. Um, uh, my, both both of our healths have, <laughs> healths have, have <laughs> suffered a bit, and uh, it's been fun. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be on Twitter for sure talking about it uh curling is fun we like sure. it so we'll definitely be talking about it but uh we'll do we'll do like a full recap at the end of the event barring barring any sort of craziness that happens during the during the round robin absolutely and uh we'll have our full preview of the women's field later in the week uh, we'll do a recap once it's all over uh, and same with the men we'll do a, a full men's preview and then a men's recap, although you're going to be solo on that men's recap, Scotty. Oh, boy. Lucky yeah. me. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, maybe I'll talk to uh, somebody about being some special guests or something. There you go. That, that's a good idea. I, I, I like that. So, uh, so yeah, uh, let me just echo your thoughts, too, about uh, Kingston. Really fantastic job. We were there 
for the opening weekend of the Scotties back in 2013. And I, I remember it was good, and, and it, the city had, had done a nice job. But this one blew it absolutely out of the water. Uh, having the patch right there is essential for any current yeah. events. So that really helps with the atmosphere. Overall, Kingston posted, man. Oh, man. They they showed up. I, I You know, the first weekend was great. I thought there would be a dip. There's obviously always a little bit of a dip early in the week, but it was never – we didn't see, even during the, the day draws, like we didn't see quarter filled, the building a quarter full. So oh. great job by Kingston. Yeah, they the attendance for all of the weekend draws, like today's draws and last night, was over 5,000 people, uh, f- almost 5,000 for yesterday afternoon's tiebreaker slash 1-2 game. And they even put in almost 4,300 people for the, those tiebreakers Saturday right. morning. So uh, pretty insane numbers. They almost got to 100,000 for the event. Uh, so they had a total of 24 draws and in, in an arena that seats about 50... 200 5500 maybe yeah uh that's pretty insane yeah the low draw looking at the attendance was monday afternoon at 3054 that was the low draw of the week mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, that's unbelievable great job kingston yeah great job by by kingston and all the fans that uh, came from elsewhere it yeah. was uh you know you could you could see everyone uh, from all over the all over the country there pretty cool yeah so uh great job all around uh it was a great field a great venue a great job by kingston just uh, a wonderful briar 2020 and uh, congratulations to newfoundland and labrador brad gushu third time as the briar champion and they are gonna get to go to edinburgh i think it's edinburgh it's glasgow it's glasgow oh that that was a worse try then you're edinburgh i apologize <laughs> so uh glasgow scotland for the men's world curling championship so uh, that'll put a bow on the 2020 tim hortons briar what a week it was uh oh yeah yeah good good week <laughs> so uh thanks to everybody for following along with us all week both online with uh, through social media and through the podcast it's been a lot of episodes you know, I haven't been feeling great throughout the whole thing. Um, you know, my I feel okay now, but my throat's still a little sore. Uh, but even with that, it's been a lot of fun following along, uh, watching the games, uh, keeping track of what's been going on with social media. So thank you to everybody for sticking with us over the past nine days. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And as always, you know, we appreciate you listening and, and engaging with us. It really makes the entire curling experience a lot more fun so uh thank you everybody of course if you have not yet please do subscribe to the show on apple google spotify stitcher all the places gives the likes the ratings keeps the show going lets other people find out what's going on you can also follow along on twitter and instagram at game of stones pod scott's there at scott likes tv i'm at dr shawnee fever and as always you can email the show at game of stones podcast at gmail.com so we will be back with you later in the week to talk about the 2020 women's world curling championship but until then keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that insert